Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Broadway Jets podcast. You'll know me from Twitter as NYJ Mike, and I'm joined as always by the master of receipts. It's NYJ Matt. Yeah, we have a an interesting podcast here today. We have the news of Sam Darnold being traded to the Carolina Panthers. The Jets in return get a 2021 six-round pick, 2022, second and fourth. Pretty good return for what some expected to be maybe even a three and a five. But with that being said, this podcast here has probably been the most consistent in regards to our feelings on Sam Darnold. And we can start from the beginning when he was drafted, but if you are a fan of Darnold moving forward, you can still root for him. You can hear our our takes. But if you just don't like Sam Darnold and you think he was terrible and you made memes, probably not the best podcast to listen to because we'll probably do like a quick 25-minute talk about our thoughts on the trade and really just Darnold as a quarterback. Yes. So... When, when I'm still defending Sam on Twitter, people have to understand that from my point of view, Sam Darnold was the guy. You know, like I always say, ascending player after 2018, 2019, 2020 was, he had a poor year. But in my opinion, for a million reasons, which I've explained a thousand times, I thought Sam was the guy. So I we have the guy. And the Jets did everything right in terms of building capital, not surrounding Sam at all. They did everything wrong. But they did everything right in terms of they traded Jamal Adams at the right time and got two first-round picks. You have a boatload of picks, a ton of assets, and you're in the position where we'd want to be with a fourth-year quarterback, you know, load up and go try to win the division. Now the Jets don't feel the same way, clearly, or maybe they do because they came out and said today that if they didn't have the second pick, they wouldn't have traded Sam. But I don't know, you know, how much of that is true or not. But the Jets didn't feel the same way. They moved on from the guy, and now we're going to start over with another guy at number two. And it's it's incredibly frustrating from my perspective. So the thing that we need to, to first start off with is when the Jets drafted Sam Darnold, it felt different. And here's what I mean. They get Pennington in the early 2000s, and he's a guy, a young guy that played well, made the playoffs. You rooted for him. Injuries happen. They bring in a veteran, right? You get Brett Favre for 08. Then they get Sanchez. And as much as we were excited about Sanchez, and he gave us way more Jet moments. He was a better Jet. He had more pedigree when it comes to being a player on this franchise. But it never felt right, right? You get 12 touchdowns, 21 picks. Just never felt like he was the guy that was going to take them to become a 10- to 15-year franchise that everyone's afraid of. So then you move off Sanchez, and you bring in Gino, and... Gino has the week 17 game in 2013. They say, oh, maybe he can be the guy. And, and you start having Gino as, as your quarterback. And we never felt great about Gino either. Fitzpatrick comes in. McCown comes in. And then out of a, what felt like a potential 15, 16-year change, you finally get that new prize quarterback. And he was the top prospect. He was the top guy. And that's what people are forgetting it wasn't just another quarterback that was taken. He was the guy that was going to change it. And you talk about it all the time. A good rookie year, nothing unbelievable. He wasn't a a rookie of the year candidate, but he had a good rookie year. He was great. 
in the final half of 2019. So we're excited about this guy. And everything went against him in 2020. And it's starting with him. If you tell me right now, put the blame on why this didn't work out. I will say right now, 20% I would put on Sam Darnold. 20%. I think in the areas that he could have controlled, he struggled. And that was a bad year in 2020. And, that, and that's plain simple. Decision-making, maybe he was pressing, maybe he wasn't as aggressive downfield when he needed to be. A lot of reasons could be the case. I would put 15% on Joe Douglas, and that probably is a, an unpopular opinion. But when it comes to keeping money in 2020 free agency when you could have spent it, I would have put more weapons. I would have been more aggressive. I would have really saw what you have with Sam because if that happened and you were aggressive and he still went 2-14, and 14, it'd be a lot easier to move off him. And then the rest of the percentage, call that, what, 65%? It's on Adam Gase. It's bad coaching. It's bad development. It's horrible game planning. You never unleashed him. You never saw what you had. You ran the ball on second and 10. You never gave your team a shot to win the game. And 100% goes on the Jets as an organization because it just didn't ever feel right. And we had a whole fucking year of horrible, horrible stuff happen. And look, we talk about it all the time. And I'll stop my rant in one second. You could want a quarterback at two. I'm completely fine with that take. It's probably, it's way, it's definitely the most common take. And it might be the smartest take. But the point that we're trying to get at here is that there was an avenue to trade back. There absolutely was. And to ignore that fact is insanity, in my opinion, even though it is insane by popular standard that, that we consider a trade back. That's just Twitter. I, every person I talk to on the street, I go around and, you you know, I'm wearing a jet shirt. We talked about this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You see a person on the street. What do you think of Sam? I think we should trade back and keep Sam. Most people, and then most people on Twitter are, are different. They think that we should... Uh, should have traded Sam and, and taken a quarterback. But if you said before 2020 that the Jets were going to trade Sam Darnold and draft a rookie quarterback, specifically not named Trevor Lawrence, I tweeted, I said I would have laughed in your face, literally like a 0% chance. And it's unfathomable that we are back in this position. Um, and, and, you know, and like you said, it's partially on Douglas. Like, what organization – Look at the, the other guys in year three, what they are surrounded with. In year three, look what the Giants are doing with Daniel Jones. I mean, give me a break. Saquon Barkley and Kenny Galladay and Slayton and Shepard and Evan Ingram. And, I mean, and Baker Mayfield has Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry and Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb and two all-pro tackles and they the signed and played. Austin Hooper. Yeah. Give me a break. And the Jets put absolute dirt around Sam. Yeah. And and I think a, a lot of the league knows it. A lot of Jet fans know it. Some like to just say, no, Darnold just didn't play well. It's on him. I'm happy that a lot of people know it. And I think the sentiment on Twitter yesterday was better than I expected. I thought the trade would happen. People would cheer. People would be like, thank, thank God he's gone. We got automatic quarterback at two now. We got all these picks. I think people were, even people that were very, very critical of Darnold and who have been really tough over the past three months on anyone who supported Darnold, so, you know, this kind of, this, it's a shitty feeling. I didn't think I would feel this way. And I, as a guy, and, and you know better than anybody, and for people that know me who listen to this podcast, I, nobody put more eggs in the Sam Darnold basket than me. I, was, I thought he was automatically the 10 to 15-year guy. Automatically. It wouldn't even be a thought after three years we're back here. And it's crazy to think about, too. I've lived in this house currently for like two and a half, three years. I've watched every Sam Darnold game 
in, when I lived here in this house. And that's how short of a time period he was the quarterback of the Jets. I mean, what is he? He missed 10 games in his career. So he's played 38 total games. We got to watch our guy go out there and play football. It's tough. And, it's a disaster. And the, we took a picture. We took a picture smoking cigars after his oh, yeah. first start. I was going to tweet that, but I don't know if you want me to put your face. It's just tough, man, because I look at it as it's out of a fan's control. And you are a Jet fan first and a player fan second. We talk about it all the time. But you can't take – it's hard to take emotion out of it because you're like – you put so much invested into one thing, and not only is that thing gone – You'll never get that again. The so problem, what I'm saying is yeah, yeah, you'll yeah. never – like if you thought the Jets could be a playoff team and win a Super Bowl Sam Darnold, that, that, well, that will obviously never happen. It, it, right. There's a 0.01% chance of that happening. So It's a disturbing thought. But the reason I'm so frustrated is that not only was I clearly emotionally invested in Sam, I thought unbiasedly from a football perspective that this was – the absolute wrong move that the Jets made. And unless Zach Wilson is really an absolute stud, it's, I think, a disaster for the Jets. And because, look, the Jets can clear the rookie contract. Sam's not being paid that much money anyway, $18 million next year. Um, And, you know, it's like $28 million over the next two years, which is very cheap for a quarterback. Now, look, Joe Douglas needs to take the money and actually use it to, to... to acquire some real talent. I love Carl Lawson. I think Corey Davis was solid. We don't have any corners. We don't have uh, a very good interior offensive line. We'll see what he does. I still don't want to judge Joe too much because just because I'm frustrated, I want to take a step back and think about things. But I'm getting fed up with Joe Douglas because personally what I want to happen has not happened. And that's okay. And I understand that there's a lot of time left and that Joe Douglas wants to build through the draft, and we're very early in his tenure, and hopefully everything goes well with Zach Wilson, and I and obviously I want the Jets to win a million games, blah, 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 blah. But as of right now, I'm fucking pissed off at him, and I'm sick to my stomach. I think he did the wrong thing. I don't give a shit what everyone says on Twitter. I have my reasons for wanting what I wanted. I put it out there. I think it was very fair, and I think Joe Douglas made a big, big mistake. If Sam Darnold goes into Carolina and throws for 4,000 yards and 29 touchdowns, and Zach Wilson comes here and throws for 3,600 yards and 22 touchdowns, it's a fucking bullshit stupid move because we could have three first-round picks. Three. Yeah, three and more potentially. Give me so. a fucking break, and I'm I'm sick to my stomach. I'm, I want to vomit from this trade. They took our franchise guy and threw him in the trash. But maybe, and, and hopefully I'm wrong. But and yeah, I could and very well be wrong. But I I'm, do think it's fascinating, though, that in the event you fast forward to 2023 offseason, going into 2024 season, I guarantee you, me and you, at that point, when Zach Wilson's having kind of a little bit, maybe he's struggling a little bit in the same position, the same fans that were so quick to move off Sam and love Zach Wilson will do the same exact thing and you'll hear us in 2024 saying look you can trade back and if he's shown promise and we like this guy you should probably keep moving forward with him because the new shiny toy isn't always the best option to do so here's yeah. My, yeah, I'm gonna, I might clip this part and put this out on Twitter you can be very excited about the trade and you could have wanted to trade back and, and kept Darnold I do think that Joe Douglas you know, his job with the Jets 
is his time has now accelerated. And I think that's not a popular take, but I think it's accurate. If, if Joe Douglas traded back for a haul and kept Arnold and it didn't work out and it blew up in his face, I think he still would have been able to draft his own quarterback and then have him for a year or two. And if it doesn't work out, he gets fired. If he moves off Darnold, which he did, and now he's taking a rookie quarterback too, which is fine, he now has accelerated his clock. Because if the rookie doesn't pan out in year one, and in year two doesn't pan out, which is very, very possible with any quarterback you take in the top five, as we've seen, and Darnold looks great in Carolina, Joe Douglas will be fired after 2023. Yes. And that's just the fact. And it's not, it's not or 2022. And it's nothing... It, I, you can't predict that in the future, but I'm saying I think he could have bought himself another year by trading back. Joe Douglas must have known that and considered all the options available. They, the Jets organization had, and Joe Douglas himself said two full seasons to evaluate Sam Darnold as a person, as a leader, as a quarterback in practice, in games. And he came down to the decision of a new coach coming in and saying, I think we need to change, and it's for the betterment of the organization. Now, I will never fault him for doing that. If he thought that he had all the available information on Darnold and that he wasn't going to be a franchise quarterback, and he truly believed it, I get it. But if you're wrong, it's a not only a decade potential disaster, it's a team who's had a, a full... They just went through a decade of disaster. So to put 20 years of horrible situations on this decision, you never know. And, and let me furthermore, you could say the same thing if they keep Darnold and Wilson becomes a top 10 quarterback. You could say the same thing. We just can only make our judgment of what happened now. And all I know is that it's a killer to see my guy go. It's tough. And, and I have a five-foot fathead. I have three jerseys. I have two autographs. I have an autographed hat. I have a game-used ball from him. It's it's the, my background on my phone with me. It's me and Sam. It, it's unbelievable how much we supported this guy. And some may call that, why would you, you know, show that much of effort and support and put all your eggs into a basket who hasn't proven anything yet? Our point is that we never had that top guy that we thought could do it. And we thought he was the guy even before he stepped on the field. And I remember when he was holding out his rookie contract, he was the last person left. I think it was Roquan Smith was the other one. I was not. I knew he was going to sign, but I was like, I need this guy to practice with his team. I need to see highlights of him throwing the ball. It, it was. I I could remember every single snap where I was when Sam Darnold was a quarterback. All thirty-eight games, I could tell you if I was at the game, if I was at my house, if I was at Mike's house, if I was at college, if I if I was wherever. I knew exactly where I was for every game, and that's how much I supported him. and And I just pray that it was the right decision. It's scary, and. I feel like I just got out of a three-year relationship, and it's it's tough. Look, this was our guy. We put all of our faith into him, like you said. Maybe Zach Wilson, one of one of our buddies gave me this analogy. He said maybe Zach Wilson would be like the friend who helps you get through the breakup, and then before you know it, you look up and you're uh, married with kids in the suburbs with Zach Wilson. So hopefully we will blink our eyes, and it's 2028, and the Jets have made the playoffs five out of seven years. But – Right now, again, also with the Sam thing, if you go forward with Sam, there's more contingency plans than if it you know, doesn't work out with Wilson. But, you know, if the Jets really think Wilson's the guy, they obviously have to keep him and, you know, do what they had to do. I'm just sick to my stomach. I, you know, there's, 
I'm not. A, I'm not a scout. You can't talk to anyone about it. Who are you yeah. gonna talk to? Like you, me and you have have had the same take since we were in eighth grade. Like who who do I go to and say, all right, has there ever been something or someone that you put all your faith in and support in, and you cannot control at all what happens now, and then it's out of your control? It, it's a weird feeling to have. I just want another chance. Look, you saw. I just can't believe like we saw Sam succeed despite Adam Gase. In 2019, 7-6 record, all the stats. He threw for 232 yards a game. And, you know, now he's being compared to, you know, Blaine Gabbard and Dwayne Haskins, and it's insulting. And, you know, you just – if you – like, you know, I'm not accusing the people that don't want Sam of not having watched the Jet games. That's a stupid thing to do. But if you – you know, watching the Jet games last year, watching the season, it was a disheveled mess – that I don't remember seeing really, you know, even with the Jets, like there are a couple teams, like some of the, like the Browns that went 0-16 kind of felt like that. Just what the hell am I, like, what are you watching? Like watching Deshaun yeah. Kaiser be an asshole and just a horrifying team. Last year, the Jets were so awful and nothing was right. And it wasn't, there was no rhythm. There was no, nothing. It was not a real franchise. I feel like you were, you know, the Jets were going to get blown out by a billion points. And the only time I really felt like that was before 2017 when the Jets were supposed to go 0-16 and the whole suck for Sam. And then Josh McCown, you know, played well that year, played really well. And the Jets started off 3-2, and and it didn't feel like that anymore. And these are, and, and look, the Jets have not had the best coaches over the last few. Like, I'm talking about Todd Bowles and, you know, late, you know, Rex Ryan's tenure when the Jets were 4-12. and You never thought the Jets were going to go out and beat horrifying every week and have a minus 200 point differential it wasn't like this this was different and it wasn't like that in 2019 even though people despised gays people did not like gays after 2019 but you know we we said look well i guess give another shot seven nine whatever blah 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 if sam doesn't get mono the jets have a chance to make the playoffs but you know and then joe douglas doesn't spend any money in free agency uh and it's and and you keep adam gaze and they cut Le'Veon Bell in week two. And the first three receivers, you know, Crowder's playing, but Mims and Perryman aren't playing in the first five weeks. And we have to watch a, just a disaster. The defense is getting marched up and down on. The Mekhi Beckton is in and out of the lineup. It's a disaster. And, and Connor McGovern's one of the worst-ranked players in football over the first few weeks because he was great coming down the stretch. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, you watch that with your guy – and then the conclusion is that he's a piece of shit and it's, it's done. Like, I, I don't know. And I don't think Joe Douglas is thinking that way, but I'm saying a lot of fans think that way. Uh, so I mean, what ifs is, is what's frustrating for me. If what if, right. You don't go out and hire Adam Gates, you hire a Matt rule and not saying that we were huge Matt rule fans, but the I didn't want Matt rule. Yeah. Right? I, the what I, if and, I wanted Mike McCarthy, which is <laughs> fine. People shit on Mike McCarthy. The, the, Fucking Cowboys have like 4,400 yards last year. They started two guys I've never even heard of at quarterback. Yeah, and it's like DeAndre Hopkins go, goes for a two and a five and a running back. It's like, what if the Joe Douglas was aggressive there and made that move for his young rookie quarterback? Like, there's there's things that I've talked about about I think Do- Douglas sometimes thinks he's the smartest guy in the room and maybe does – it's almost – we talk, I've heard you talk about it earlier on a different podcast, but it's like the – uh, subverting your expectations. Like you think you're going to make these moves here, but I ah, got you. We're one upping you and we're going to do something different that you don't expect. And it's going to work out. Didn't work out with the last Jedi. 
At season eight of Game of Thrones. Season eight of Game of Thrones doesn't. You just don't need it. Work. Just because something is obvious doesn't mean that it's the wrong thing. The Jets yeah. could have, you know, and the, you know, Joe Thune is not a great example because he got too much money. But, you know, why couldn't the Jets get Rodney Hudson? Why couldn't the Jets get uh, Corey Lindsley? We have to now. I think Joe Douglas is going to go sign. I keep saying to you off the air, they're going to go sign some like left guard from the Colts who, oh, he has good intangibles, bullshit. Fuck that at some point. Give me a real fucking roster and have a competitive team because if the Jets, you know, don't surround Zach Wilson with what they need to surround him with, it's going to be the same garbage, the same cycle of bullshit. And we don't obviously don't want that. I can't yeah. look at this anymore. I can't, we can't go 2-14. and 14. You know, and I'm the, I'm, I'm the first person to say, look, if the Jets go like 6-11 and 11 next year and play competitive football, that's okay, and I'll find a way to defend them, and we feel the good, like a solid roster, and players are progressing, normal things are happening, but what I watched last year, to, to sit through what we did last year and then to have the Jets trade our guy that we think is the franchise quarterback in our face, I want to vomit, and, I, and I'm very sick of Joe Douglas already. I don't care because I have reasons why, and I'm not the impatient Jets fan who says, oh, this, I'm trying to be patient, and they're not. So fuck him, and I'm very, I'm very upset. Yeah, and, it's, and it doesn't mean, this doesn't mean that Mike hates Joe Douglas and every move that he does. And if you listen this far and you are pro-Sam or you're pro-trade you know, Sam, this is the rational discussions we have, and this is the like, passion takes that, that are out there. So I appreciate Mike being straightforward. I've, I've been critical of Joe Douglas' mistakes in the past, but, but boy, a big thing for me, and this is kind of out there, is when fans say that they're, oh, I, dra- I, I took this guy's jersey, I, I bought all this autograph shit. Dude, shut up. Who cares? You got, you got a player's jersey who left the team. We're still to, wear it. We're, th- we're to a throwback game five years down the road. Who gives a shit? Yeah, that's a lame take. I like to have weird jerseys of old players. I wear my Chris Ivory shirt all the time. I work with my Chris Johnson shirt. But yes, I don't hate Joe Douglas. I just am very frustrated. Look, if you wanted, if someone listening to this podcast wanted the Jets to trade Sam and Joe Douglas didn't do it, people would be upset and they would question him. I wanted Sam. I had very good reasons why I wanted Sam. I thought the Jets could really build a powerhouse roster and put themselves in an incredible position. And look, I think Sam is going to go out there and light the league on fire. I thought he was going to do it with the Jets too. No, I think moving forward, look, moving forward, the Jets have to make a decision now uh, who they want at number two. Lawrence goes one. They didn't even attend Mac Jones or Trey Lance. So you're assuming it's between Zach Wilson and Justin Fields. Personally, for me, I think if you want the safer options, you go Fields, right? Plays Big Ten competition. He's huge, strong, runs a four. A four-four at his weight and height is incredible. He's accurate. He makes good decisions. I don't agree with people saying that he's not going to read progressions. You'll see people make videos and say, oh, he locks under his first read here. There are a ton of stats that are against that, that rumor. A lot of people who say that just – like Wilson, which is fine, but I think they just nitpick in, on, on certain areas. If, you, you're, if you're asking me who can be a top five quarterback, you look at the throws that Wilson makes and his confidence level, it's very Mahomes-esque. So if you want that home run pick, I think you want to go Wilson. I think that they will go Wilson. But geez, the, the potential for bust, I think, is, is towards the favor of Wilson over uh, Fields. Because Fields, for me, 
I don't see Fields being a ranked 28 to 32 quarterback in the NFL. I think his floor are the low 20s, and I think his ceiling could be the, the 12th guy. Could he be the 8th guy? I don't know. Mo- Wilson is a little different for me. I think Wilson has the potential to be that top 8 guy, but I think he has the potential that you go out there and say, oh, shit, you know, the level of competition wasn't up, up to par at BYU. He slowly developed to a game. He's not as big, fast, and strong as Fields. So I think it's going to be an interesting move. I think they're going to go with Wilson. Curious to hear your thoughts. Yeah, it's interesting that Fields kind of fell off of a lot of people's boards. You know, even that rumor, I don't know, it was a Gil Brandt tweet. Like, he's, he's one guy said he was going to go in the fourth round. Yeah. I don't think that's the case. Um, I don't think anyone thinks that's the case except for maybe Gil Brandt. But, look, I think the Jets, like you said, are going to pick Wilson and for the reason that you try to get the most explosive guy at quarterback. You, like just like the Jets are obviously kicking themselves, they didn't take Patrick Mahomes in 2017. You don't want to miss on this, on that kind of guy. So if there's any shot that this guy is anything like Patrick Mahomes, uh, you take him over the field. I would be not excited if I was a Niners fan and they take Max Jones at three. This Trey Lance is even more raw and and unknown than Zach Wilson. So I agree with you. I think it's between Wilson and Fields. Everything that has been said, even like today, Douglas was doing his press conference and he said, you know, Steve Young keeps saying that he's heard from BYU that Zach Wilson's going to go to the Jets. And Joe Douglas said that Steve Young's really in tune with what's going on in BYU laughing. So, you know, no one wants to tip their hand this early, but at this point the Jets have traded Sam Darnold, obviously, and own the number two pick. And Zach Wilson is, by most accounts, the number two guy. So I think the Jets are going to go with Wilson. But Yeah, and I think it, there's there's some pros here that we should obviously address. One, you get a six-round pick and a two and a four. That two and a four for a Carolina team could end up being a top 12 pick again. So it'll be another you know, top 40 pick in the draft the Jets could land, which would be a great, great, great player, hopefully, for them, a starter long-term. Even a six-round pick this year, use it on a fucking kicker right? Use it on a position that you have a starter. And even, right, say there's two kickers in the draft, right? That there's usually one or two that that teams try to attack. Just take fucking one of them with the sixth pick or the sixth round pick. Who cares? Yeah, Nania tweeted a stat. I think the Jets are like 28th and 30th in field goal and extra point percentage in the last couple of years. It's ridiculous. And, and yes, you do start over the rookie quarterback scale. That does matter. It does. And, of course. And Joe Douglas has... And you make a good point, too. It's not this... It's not very black and white because if you get multiple ones, you can use that rookie scale on other key players. I get it, but there is a benefit to doing it. You now have a, a guy in a rookie quarterback contract, and Joe Douglas and two other organizations has won a Super Bowl, Flacco, and Wentz, two quarterbacks on a rookie contract. So you can really build the right winner around it. And if Joe Douglas can hit on 50% of his draft picks of being really, really great, and then 20% of guys are fringe starters and maybe 25 to 30 percent aren't guys that pan out but can give you a little depth that is a home run and if douglas can do that with all these draft picks the jets will be in a good spot the fear is and and it's a big fear if they don't get quarterback right none of it matters and it and that's the problem you can have mims really excel next year you can have beckton be become a top 10 left tackle and people think beckton's a top 10 left tackle he's not right now he is not he needs to play more, 
and he needs to give up less sacks. That's an obvious, obvious take. Is he a top 16 left tackle last year? By all PFF accounts, probably. But I, I don't think we... I think Beckton needs to grow into his own a little bit more, which would be good. I think Mims can become a really good receiver. And you can hit on these other picks you have, but if you don't develop a quarterback, it doesn't matter. So LaFleur, first-time offensive coordinator, young, young coach. That's why I'd love to bring a guy like Nick Mullins in who's been in his system to teach Nick a Mullins Zach is cool. Wilson, a Justin Fields. Alex Smith, another name that you threw out before, and I know you threw it out on, on Twitter today. I think there's a lot of different ways the Jets can quickly improve this roster. I think you need to go after a Trey Turner for guard. You need to go after a Richard Sherman for cornerback, and you need a backup quarterback. If you take those guys and then take Wilson at two, you have the draft picks to then fill in key spots, and then maybe you can become a fringe playoff team next year. Right now, the Jets roster is not good enough to compete against anyone in the division, and even the lower teams in the AFC, I don't think the Jets could compete. You want to be a team on other people's schedule that said, oh, like a team like the Raiders is for a good example of in 2019 and 2020, we weren't deathly afraid of the Raiders, but we didn't think that was a game that we just could breeze through. Right now, on every single team's, cal- or team's calendar and schedule next year, the Jets are a team that they're thinking that they could breeze through. You need to get a good enough team to get to a point where you have to take a second look. And then years down the road, you become the Chiefs. You look at a team, you're like, holy shit, I do not want to play the New York Jets this season. This is terrible. How do you get to that spot? You do, it's a three-step process, and they need the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, the, the other thing I would say is if you would have kept Sam – there is an avenue where you, you don't have to have spectacular quarterback play to have a solid team, but we're looking to build a 10 to 15 year franchise that is dominant and you do need consistent quarter, quarterback play to do that. Also Nick Mullins, cool stat. He started 16 games in his career. He's done for 4,714 yards and 25 touchdowns with 22 interceptions. But I mean, That's he throws crazy. for 248 yards a game and that includes three games that he's not starting. So 248 yards per game is about, a 4,000-yard pace, like 252 yards. He would be the games. number one quarterback in Jets history in yards per game. Yeah, Sam Donald was. I don't know if he still is. He can't be. I don't think he is. No, after that. But through two years, Sam Donald was the number one quarterback in terms of yards per game in Jets history. But yeah, Nick Mullins would be a fantastic backup. He's He had one of the highest passer ratings with play action last year. I think the Jets are going to do a lot of that. I'm excited to see the running game. But again, like the Jets need to... I look at the roster, like you were saying, and usually I can talk myself into saying, look, the Jets are going to somehow win 10 games. Right now, even if you plug in Zach Wilson, and it depends what other picks the Jets make. I mean, without some of the guys that you referenced, if the Jets don't get a veteran corner, if they don't sign in a veteran interior offensive lineman, if they don't make some other kind of upgrade at tight end or running back, this is not a very dangerous offense because what, I mean, unless like Ty, who knows, maybe Ty Johnson pops and rushes for 1200 yards. Who the fuck knows? But right now, what do we added? Tevin Coleman and Corey Davis is nice. No tight end. We got, uh, what's his face from the bills? Uh, the, the blocking tight end. Yeah. And it's like, it's a little bit frustrating. You know, you, you thought a couple things were going to happen and they haven't happened. So, uh, the Jets need to do more to help Zach Wilson now, right now. No more time waiting. Do everything in your power to make this guy's development the absolute smoothest possible. Learn from history. And I agree. If you have Corey Davis, you have Mims, you have Crowder, and you like that group, and you have younger receivers like Braxton Berrios and Vincent Smith to put out there, whatever, I am more concerned about the offensive line. It's, a, it's really scary, and I like Beckton a lot. 
and I think Fant is an okay plug-and-play right tackle. That's fine. But, geez, I would love to build that interior offensive line, like really get after it. And if Cam Why Clark can't we, though? I don't understand. What is the problem with signing Trey Turner, even though he's 31? You can't give him a one-year deal and plug him in and try to have a, a great offensive line this year? It's, by all accounts, Alex Lewis will be on the team next year. By all accounts. For now, as we've seen. He's due $7 million, and he hasn't been cut yet. If 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 you're, I'd just rather trade Turner for maybe if he goes for one year eight and a half million, he's worth the one and a half million over Alex Lewis. We've seen what he is. Trey Turner's been to a Pro Bowl three times. Alex Lewis hasn't sniffed a Pro Bowl. It's like moments like that that it's like Joe Joe Douglas is thinking differently than the normal human being, and maybe he has a better idea. But it needs to happen soon. You can't have, and I know we're going off topic of off Darnold, but. It needs to be said. You can't have Bryce Hall, Bless Austin, and JaVale and Gertie going in corner next year. And not. You can't do it. Even you if it's a rookie. Even if there's a, a first-round rookie. Even if there's a rookie at 23, you can't do it. You can't have it because if you have J.C. Horn and Bryce Hall and JaVale and Gertie, yes, all three young guys that we like who maybe in 2023 can be the starting corners for your team, but you can't have that much inexperience in a team that can't get a pass rush anyway. We like Carl Lawson. Carl Lawson will not be able to get to the quarterback if they're throwing balls over their head every second. So, yes, I, I, I'm terrified. I'm absolutely terrified of the cornerback position right now. Marcus May doesn't seem like a ha- happy camper. Previous captain of this team got tagged, and he hated the Darnold trade. So, Jordan Jenkins, a leader on your team, is now off the team. It's weird. It's a very weird feeling. Chris I'm, I'm, also, left. I'm also very not happy, like I was just saying, with the running back position. Tevin Coleman is fine, and I'm happy with the signing. I tweeted out a fun video. He had four touchdowns in a game. He's had some solid years. He's like a Bilal Powell type guy, but he's going to be 28. He's coming off a year where he had played eight games and rushed for 53 yards. Of course, he was hurt, but... And then what? We have Ty Johnson and Josh Adams. I don't know what the Jets' plan is at running back either. Maybe they're going to draft somebody, and it's still very early, but another position where I'm underwhelmed, and it's a lot of underwhelming. So... If we keep bargain shopping, where are we splurging? Where is our advantage? What is it? What is our advantage? It's like, not I'm, the offensive line. I'm gonna it's run not, through. I'm gonna run through the positions for you. Please, right, right now, quarterback. You, not our. Not an advantage. Not an advantage. You were a big Darnold guy. Now they get Wilson. You're not saying Wilson can't be great. You're not saying that you wouldn't love Wilson to death if he throws for 300 yards a game. But right now, you're nervous. Running back. Rookie quarterback. Not an advantage. Running back is probably the worst running back court in football. Mm-hmm. Who is worse than I, – I know we like Ty Johnson and Josh Adams were, like, efficient last year. But right now, Tevin – and I swear to God, I'm literally the most positive Jets fan. I'm just literally nauseous right now. All Tevin right. Coleman, Josh Adams, Ty Johnson is probably the worst running back core in football. Interior offensive line, guards and center. Clark, Absolute. Lewis, McGovern. Absolute garbage. And I like I like McGovern. I was very happy when they signed him. I defended him last year. I think he was really good down the stretch. Absolute garbage. I think you can kind of combine these two together, tackle and wide receiver, and I'll tell you why. I think v- very solid. I, th- I think Mekhi mm-hmm. Becton is going to be a top-five tackle yeah. in the league. I love our receiving core at this point, especially with Keelan Cole. I, uh, I keep forgetting about Keelan Cole. So the Jets have four yeah. receivers that are very solid, and even the, the other guys like Vincent Smith and you, Jeff Smith's an asshole, but and <laughs> horrifying and overrated. 
and Braxton Berrios, those are solid guys. I think the Jets have a very, very fine receiving core. I think so. I, that's where I was getting at. So I think tackle and receiving core, you can say they're solid, they're fine, they're nothing special, they're not going to bring you over the top. But these teams that made the playoffs, they have something that brings you over the top. So and tight tackle end. can tackle can bring us over the top if Mackay Becton becomes right. a top five left tackle in football, yep. which he literally can. Then it can. has the potential. Yep. Now tight, tight end. end awful. And I like Herndon, and I'm happy with Herndon as a number one guy. Mm-hmm. But they should have got a compliment. Like the Giants got Kyle Rudolph was perfect, a good blocker. He's he's unbelievable in the red zone. He literally. Uh, had a game-winning touchdown in the playoffs for the Vikings against the Saints two years ago. Uh, he's a former Pro Bowler. He knows what he's doing. You know, I, I don't hate the, the the Jets move. You know, they signed the both the backup tight end from the Bills, Croft, but yeah, right. Tyler Croft is okay. He also had a touchdown uh, in, in an important game against I think the Steelers a couple, or maybe the Patriots a couple years ago. But yeah. So basically, on the offensive side of the ball, where you land right now is you're hopeful at left tackle. You think there's a good receiving core, not great. Could even be like the 20th best receiving core, which is better than what they've had. So it's like, all right, so the offense isn't great. The kicker is non-existent. The punter were young and hopeful, but he didn't have a good hang time per most stats last year. So special teams, you're not high on. Safety position, where do we land? The jet safeties, I think, are are solid. Right in the middle of the pack. I like LaMarcus Joyner. I like that signing a lot. Low risk, where he excelled in his career. I'm fine with it. I think maybe the Jets are above average at safety because Marcus May is a good player. Like you said, Joyner has been good as a safety, and Ashton Davis is a wild card who's fun, and I'm happy we have Ashton Davis. Yep. What about cornerback? Cornerback is maybe uh, the worst cornerback group in football again, and I literally just bought a Bryce Hall shirt. I love Bryce Hall. I got you a Bless Austin shirt for your birthday last year. So I, I, I like both those guys. I think Bryce Hall is going to be fantastic, but – Right now, the Jets' cornerback group is, if you line up against anyone else in football, Bryce Hall, Bless Austin, and JaVale and Gertie is garbage. It's it's the worst mm-hmm. w- group. Yeah, you're right. The linebacking core. The, the, middle, the linebacking core, so what are we, are we counting Carl Lawson as a, he was well, the 4-3 no. now. So it's just going to be, it's going to be C.J. Mosley, Blake Cashman, Gerard Davis. Do we have on, on Wusar? I guess technically. Technically, I think this is okay. What we have Mosley coming off not playing in two years. We have Blake Cashman, whose hamstrings are made out of piano wire, and Gerard Davis, who is a monstrous looking person who I'm excited about, but like some people have said, couldn't stay on the field for the Lions defense who were horrifying last year. All right. D line. D line is terrific. This is our strength. Yes. Which has been a strength for a long time in stopping the run. And, you know, clogging gaps and the strength for a long time, they haven't made the playoffs in a decade. So it's, it's probably the last thing is stopping the run, even though a lot of old school people football will tell you it's the most important thing. But this time we could pass rush with this group, yeah. which is different. Carl Good. Lawson and Quinnen and JFM and Foley, it's a very, very terrific group. And I'm happy, I'm happy about that group. So the reason I asked you that question is the Jets have 10 picks now in this upcoming draft. If Joe Douglas touches... The defensive line. And you got Sheldon Rankins, too. If you touch the defensive line, I'm giving the next draft to Rex Hogan. And he's going to draft ridiculous players anyway. But you can't do it. You you cannot do it. You also can't draft a quarterback after two, obviously. So you you don't take a backup quarterback. The weird thing that the Redskins did when they took RG3 and then Kirk Cousins in the fourth round, ended up panning out for them. I don't want it. 
you have get a good veteran. So you take a quarterback at two. You don't touch that position again. So you have to assume that the Jets draft a corner. They draft a, a potential running back. Then you get maybe another edge guy. You get a, a kicker. Those are four positions that we've talked about that are horrific that you can improve on. And then after you do those four things, you have six other draft picks that you can use. You can go to another corner. Maybe you like uh, an offensive guard, obviously. Which uh, yeah, IOL would be one of the – is probably yeah. number five. Yeah. So what I think that they should do at 23, I think there's not even a question. I think it's interior offensive line and, and corner. I don't think there's – even edge, I'd be like, you got to really love like – a Gregory Rousseau guy or Quiddy Payfalls. Like, I'm fine with that guy at 23. It's going to be a hand-in-the-dirt pass rusher. This is the 4-3. This is not going to be the Will linebacker running around. Yeah. Gonna, you know, yeah. I, I would passer. go corner and into your offensive line 10 out of 10 times with that pick. And then third round where you open it up, you go edge, you go running back. You know, six rounds where I want you to go kicker. Get like, weird in the fourth, fifth round. I don't the care. Jets take two interior offensive linemen, I'm happy with it. But Joe Douglas has to address this. I'm... S- can, no more, no more of this horrifying line. At least put the resources into it. And I have commended the Jets in the past for trying because they did get Colecio Assembly. They did get Ryan Khalil. These things just didn't work out. And that's okay. And I was happy f- with those moves. When they just got Ryan Khalil, I was very happy. And there are, you know, it's funny you go on Twitter, people are like, like bad Jets takes. Like Jets signed Ryan Khalil, best move. That Jets take pretty good. I kind of hilarious, like but I was I was happy. Yeah, that's a good account. I can't but, believe we haven't been featured on it yet because I have. You could find terrible takes. Any tweet in the summer, and I was probably way off when it yeah. comes to Arnold. Also, the Jets need to take a tight end. Uh, I'm actually looking at Tyler Croft had seven touchdowns in 2017. So the cool thing is that we have the draft picks to do it. So now we need to hit on those draft picks, use the remaining capital, and get that veteran corner and quarterback. And then I would feel so much more comfortable or a veteran interior offensive lineman. Because what is Sherman, Turner, and Nick Mullen's going to pay? If you cut Alex Lewis, you literally have the money to do it and more. So just do that. If there's a crazy surprise cut, you still have money to do it. Sign all your rookies. Take a quarterback at two, corner or interior offensive line at 23, then go running back. Get yourself a tight end. Get yourself another edge guy. Take a kicker in the sixth round. Then you start to build a normal football team. Why can't we? Why, coach. why can't we do stuff like sign Jadavian Clowney for a one-year yeah. deal? Who cares? Yeah. It's not a popular take. I don't care. It why? why it's it's like impossible for Joe Douglas to do that. To put this guy, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe he helps Carl Lawson get more. Maybe he he's effective. Uh, I don't know. I'm frustrated. It's just a t- it, look. It's like a lot of people are hopeful, and I'm hopeful about the draft picks itself. You obviously could have more if you trade back and if you loved Darnold, which I know a lot of people are now off the Darnold train, which is fine. It is a different feeling going in to an offseason that I've never had before. I've never yes. been into a draft, and think about it. I mean, when we're when we were what twelve. 10 years old, we take DeBrickshaw Ferguson over Matt Lina. We're freaking the fuck out. I think we're almost back there where, like, I don't – taking a quarterback at two just – it should be way more exciting than it is. And maybe it's just a taste of, you know, we we were – we had so much invested in the door and it didn't pan out. I get it. It doesn't feel right. It's not the right time. It doesn't feel right when Sam, the Jets drafted Sam, it felt right. It was right. And now it's it's over. You would have thought someone died the amount of text messages I got. (laughs) <laughs> like, uh, I yeah. what happened was I share a wall with my roommate he's probably listening to this entire podcast I feel bad but I heard him say oh no out loud clear as day 
And I knew something happened. Someone died or Sam Darnold got traded. And I've been saying, and I, 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 it's not a crazy take. You know, people love to pull up like old tweets and be like, oh, I was so right on this, but it's obviously probably going to happen. I said for a while, if you're going to trade Darnold or trade back, Carolina is like the main pick. Like it's the main, main source because they were in on every quarterback that got traded. They had conversations about Stafford. They were thinking about maybe golf. They want every rookie quarterback. So it was the, the popular take that, and not, not a lot of people were talking about it, but like Carolina was the move. So I hear, oh no, coming from his room. I immediately think someone died or Darnold got traded. I look at my phone. I have five texts at that point. It ended up being maybe 20 texts throughout the day, a million tweets. It was just like, and I didn't answer most of them because I feel like most of them are trying to get a rise out of me. And they're like the funny bullshit. But if you're a good friend of me, you waited like two hours. You text me. You're like, I'm fucking sorry, man. Like, do you <laughs> think, like, can I get you something? I actually got a, real, a lot of really nice DMs, like from random people on Twitter. We're like, dude, don't worry about it. Like, there's a lot of, like, good stuff going on in life. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, not going to do anything bad. I just, that, <laughs> that's kind of funny. But also, Mike, you took a very aggressive line, which I completely respect because I was aggressive very much in November and December. And I would just, I hated going on Twitter and fighting with people. So I was like, all right, you listen to the podcast. You know how I feel about potentially trading back. I just don't want to fight with people at all. And I made some jokes, some memes about it, whatever. And I tried to make a civil discourse with people. Couldn't happen. Everyone was freaking the fuck out. Mike was like in the trenches going to murder people. And I think it affected not your like your reputation, but people were like, this guy just loves Sam Darnold. He's a crazy person. And I think you backed it up <laughs> with fact and you went at people and you were, you didn't go at people who said, look, Mike, I think we got to take a quarterback at two. Here's why. You didn't like attack them, but you were like, if people came at you, you went right back and I will never forget the three month period that we were not sure what was going to happen at quarterback and you went after him. Dude, I was at war, but most of the people ended up being, you know, once you had a conversation, pretty respectful, like, you know, even like the main and not, not like anti Darnold people, but in this situation, anti Darnold, like Paul Riley and the guy, Brian, and the, you know, most of those guys are, were very, very cool the whole time. And, Look, they yeah, brought look, facts they're, too. They're as strong as their opinion on Wilson as you are on Darnold. That's exactly, why the, that's but that's why those conversations need to happen. And this needs to happen, especially in today's world, where part of the world is it's tough to have a certain type of opinion. So it's nice, it's it's good that we were able to have constructive conversations. People understood my take, and after a while, you know, it just you know you just agree to disagree and and see what plays out and. The whole time, I mean, the betting odds were probably that Darnold was going to get traded. Just because that is what was looking likely to happen is not what I wanted to happen, and I would argue against it, but here we are. Yeah, and you know what? It is what it is. We will not be canceling our season tickets. I feel like there would be a ton of people that, if Darnold came back, they'd be like, oh, I'm getting rid of my season tickets. Fuck the Jets, but... Dude, you know how just... But I can't even believe how disappointing this is that... And it's it's different, you know, things happen slowly, but if you look at it from a macro perspective, from literally if you look at it from last year, the day before week one of 2020, if you really said that the Jets were going to trade Sam Darnold this offseason and draft Zach Wilson, I would have vomited on your face. I would have, I don't even know what I would have done. I don't know what I would have done because it's the most sickening scenario I could ever envision, but... I, I will eventually I love Zach Wilson, from. and it's gonna it's gonna work out. You know, I hear you, I hear where you're coming from, 
but then if you said Mike, Darnold, again, like we were saying, you got to play nine touchdowns, games. 11 picks. You can't nine, nine touchdowns, touchdowns, 11 picks. picks. Miss four games. Yeah. I, you would then say, I'll think about it. I'll think about it for Trevor Lawrence. That was the big thing yeah. that we've been talking about forever. You would think that, you know, people probably think that Mike would rather have Darnold over Mahomes. No, that's not the point. The point was, and, and then, uh, like, again, Justin Fields is the number two high school recruit coming out of, going into college, right? Zach Wilson was a 53rd. So it's just like a little perspective on people. And, you know, Justin Fields, I hate this whole thing about his work ethic. And there's like a weird thing on Twitter that if you like Fields, the, the funny, all right, I know this has been a long podcast, but we can continue here. The Sam Sexual, the Wilson Wives, and the Field Fanatics, like, the, like hearing. <laughs> so stupid. So, so Sam Sexual started. And then, like, the, the hardcore Sam guys made up Wilson Wives. And, like, it was the dynamic of seeing... <laughs> the dynamic of seeing, like, the, the people who supported Wilson say Sam Sexuals and be like, all right, this is fucking hilarious. We got him. And then, like, people coming up with Wilson Wives and watching, like, the Wilson people cope with that and getting called that name. Like, it was... And then the field fanatic, the one guy, Phil, who makes all those funny graphs. And I like Phil. He's a good dude. Whether people were calling him Graph Boy, like it was <laughs> bananas. There needs to be a thirty for thirty on what happened during this off season. And yes, it was toxic. Doesn't mean that yeah, we like uh... nobody was united. Everyone wanted to kill each other. But the will, the 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 arguments that were had, there were some of the funniest memes came out of that 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 era. I have been saying for a long time now. I think that Darnold would get traded. I think Joe Douglas is conversations and press conferences was such a different dramatic tone shift from the midway point of 2020 season. I, I just had a feeling it was going to happen. Yeah, no, it, I mean, there's it, nothing it we can the do. writing on the wall, but it's over and look, Sam is gone. Look, everyone got their wish. Now let's see what happens. And I hope it works out for the jets and I'm not here to be right. I just want the jets to win, but my God, I'm, I, I'm, I'm just devastated by this. Here's one quick thing. I tweeted out in November. I said, whether you want to lose out and tank, whether you want to keep Darnold and trade back, no matter what you want to do, the Jets are going to find a way to fuck that up. (laughs) And if they would have kept Darnold and drafted a quarterback at two, it would have literally happened because nobody wanted that. Nobody. And if you did... All the power to you, you can have that take. And even pro-Darnold people would have been like, oh, I hope Darnold like, keeps the job and beats him out and they get rid of like It would have been a pure circus and chaos. And, Dar- and Douglas did say today that he considered that. It obviously would have worked out for the locker room. I, the fact that that even was on the table is very, very strange. I feel like Joe Douglas just said a bunch of shit today that was like just trying to defuse the situation. Yeah, That's kind of what it felt. I mean, he was... He said that they wouldn't have traded Sam if they had a different pick and that they would have, like you said, drafted a quarterback and kept Sam. I don't know. I feel like the, this... What would have been fascinating if more teams went 3-13. and 13. So The Jets obviously went 2-14. and 14. The two teams behind them went 4-12. and 12. Like, if that Raiders game... Like, if Lamar Jackson getting beat there makes the Jets have the second pick, then the, to the fifth pick, the butterfly effect of that moment itself... People forget the Trevor Lawrence because the Jets weren't as close to Trevor Lawrence as a lot of people think. 
That would have been... No, we had to have lost two more games. We couldn't have won any game. You couldn't have won any of those games, and you still had to lose the Raiders game that you basically won, and you had to blow the Monday night game like they did. So the Jets realistically could have had four wins. They probably should have been closer to two and a half, three. And they, were not, they had to go 0-16. They were not close to Trevor Lawrence. I hate this fucking horrible narrative, and it's my least favorite thing when people say... The Jets won too many games. They lost out on Lawrence. I hope you're happy with the oh, December win for morale boosting. You're an idiot. I hate when people say that because nobody was saying <laughs> at that time you have to win every single game by 50 points. Obviously, the, the, the argument that we have a lot is if you have a young rookie quarterback and you want them to play well, that's okay to win a Week 16 game. If you go from the 8th pick to the 10th pick, who gives a fuck? I really don't care that much about that. You want your young quarterback playing well. The Jets were in a weird spot where it didn't really like, matter at all. But I, there's this weird notion, especially from the NFL media, that the Jets wasted their entire horrible season by not getting Trevor Lawrence. It's not the case at all. They were so far from Trevor Lawrence. The Jaguars were the ones that lost overtime games as well. They lost 15 straight to end the year. It wasn't as close as everybody thought. No. If the, if the Jaguars owned the strength of schedule, it would have been a little different. But it was obvious after, like, week seven that that wasn't going to be the case. I mean, meh. I'm so sad. But yeah, it's but, almost time you know. to move on. I will I, look. I'm gonna love Wilson. And I'm gonna lead the Wilson parade. But and I've said it on Twitter a million times. If it happens, I will support it. And it's gonna you gotta happen. go full heel the other way and just be like, I've been a Wilson guy since day one. I was just like, you guys <laughs> just were. You guys were just taking my tweets you out got, of context. Yeah. yeah, they twisted my words. And then I'll ah. be the master of seats and I'll like defend you. I'm like, look, he's never tweeted anything like that in his life. Um, <laughs> But no, look, this is, I think this is like therapy for us. If you're listening, thank you. We need to have a conversation about it. And look, Darnold will be talked about again on this podcast. Darnold will be talked about again on Jets Twitter. And I just don't want the sentiment to be he was another bust. He was another Gino. He was another this because it's no. not the case at all. It already, it's already happening. It's already happening. Yeah. But usually it's backwards. Usually the guy really sucks. Like Gino was not... I didn't think Gino was very good for a lot of reasons. And Gino never had a season where he threw for 230 yards per game like Sam did for 180 yards. And the Jets went 8-8 eight and eight one year when they had a minus 96 point differential. Just like Sam went 7-6 and six his, his second year. It wasn't very good. But now people look back at Gino and say, oh, Gino would have been so great, whatever. I don't think so. This is not just me defending any Jet quarterback that they take. I actually usually rather side with the team. That's usually kind of how – I do. I, I defend the team for moves like Osemele, for moves like Ryan Cleo, when they try, when they do things. This, I'm siding with, I'm defending Sam because I think the Jets didn't do it right. And it, so just, just to be clear, it's not usually my point of view, but I think it's been backwards. Usually, like, Sam has, was much better than people give him credit for, but a lot of times when teams move on from a quarterback, it's the opposite. What could have been with this guy? Oh, he was... Remember, Gino was so great. Uh, if he played in 2015, the Jets would have went 12-4. and four. Give me a break. Fitzpatrick was terrific that year. Yeah. It, look, it, it was a weird day for most of the people in Jets Twitter. Most. The Jets should, the Jets should have kept Fitzpatrick. They should have signed to like an eight-year contract. Yeah. I was actually talking about that. The other day. It was hilarious. Like I was joking. But really, if the Jets kept Fitz, if the Jets gave Fitz like a six-year deal in 2015 – He's been good. Like, what would have happened? I don't know. Maybe yeah. we would have made the playoffs one of these years. I think we would have. I bet you if the Jets kept Fitzpatrick one of these years, and this is not a knock on Sam at all. 
just like the way that like they would, everything would have changed, I think Fitz would have made the playoffs one year. I'd be so happy, which is stupid, but <laughs> fuck, man. I can't believe I have to be reduced to wishing that the Jets had 37-year-old Ryan Fitzpatrick. Garbage. Yeah, well, we got the draft coming up. It's going to be cool to get young guys in here. It's going to be cool to have the roster get built out more. I'll be looking forward to it. We'll be there opening day. We have a a ninth game on the calendar against Philadelphia, which will be a crazy game. Also, I think you might need to be, like, COVID-tested free for three days prior to going to the game, which is the dumbest idea possible for a football game where you can fit 60,000 people. If you do, they, I doubt the, the MetLife is at a hundred percent, even though Goodell thinks it might be probably like 50 to 80%. The fact that you need a test negative three days before is banana. If you just get COVID in two days prior. Banana lands. It's I, was unbelievable. The, I was at the Mets Phillies game last night. It was fine. It was like 25% capacity. Just put a hundred percent of people. It's outside who gives a shit? And if you don't want to go, you don't want to get COVID, don't fucking go to the game. Yeah, and this isn't even like a political argument. I think a lot yeah. of people are agreeing with this. Like, I, you're, you can do whatever you want. I wear a mask when I'm inside with family members that are old. I wear a mask everywhere I go. I don't give a shit. I'm just saying, I'll wear a mask at Mellow Stadium. Who gives a shit? But don't be like, we're going to get to 100% capacity, but actually we're going to do 30%. Actually, you have to do, get tested every... We're not, I'm not getting tested nine times next year to go to a game. Put the vaccine in, like, one of those beer helmets, and then I'll drink it during the pregame. Bro, I'm getting the vaccine. Very hyped. Yeah. That's good. I wasn't going to get it. And then I was like, all right, it just kind of popped up. I'm like, all right, down. should get the vaccine. I had the – I probably going to wait a little bit. I had COVID in, like, late November. Dude, you having COVID point. while the Jets were 0-9 is just, like – an it was like horrific. Well, that was the Monday night game, the Flacco game. I had COVID. Oh, maybe they were at 0 5 at that time. 0 yeah. 4. No, no, that was later in the year, I think. Was it like. Well, Darnold hurt his shoulder week four against Denver. Yeah. What game and was then... that? Week nine. Yeah. They were 0 9. That's when I had it, November 9th, right then. Right by like the election, I started having COVID. And then that game, I was like watching the couch. I felt horrible. But I was drinking and watching Flacco. Oh, and the Flacco takes, my God, are so unbearable. Yeah, so if Jesus here's Christ. the thing with the Flacco take, and you could say you can, you can point out right that he got shut out by the Dolphins, you, you can point out anything. All you need to know is that when Darnold didn't play in his career, the Jets were 0-10, they averaged like 142 passing yards per game, and if you took that team in those 10 games and made that over like a full season, it was the single worst offense in NFL history, let me repeat, if you take the 10 games he didn't play and expand it out, what the Jets did during those games and averaging like 11.5 points per game, the worst in NFL history. And that's, so, with, that's with four games of Flacco and three games of Josh McCown. This, and it's not just Luke Falk being horrifying is the point. He played three games. Trevor Simeon, yeah. So when you extrapolate that out and you say to yourself, okay, maybe the other 52 players in the team were dog shit and the coaches were horrible. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's part of it. So the Flacco argument, I don't even like to talk about like Flacco. Like, like Flacco had a, a good half and he did okay things. I'm not knocking Flacco. He throws a good deep ball. The guys got open. You can't ask him to be terrible. The Jets statistically, when Darnold wasn't out there, the worst team in NFL history. So I don't need to hear that take on Twitter. Unbelievable. 
Yeah, before we leave, Flacco's game locks. 18 for 33, 195 yards, touchdown, no pick, and a 30 to 10 loss. 21 for 44, no touchdown, uh, 186 yards, no touchdowns, one pick, 24 nothing loss. 18 to 25, 262, three touchdowns, one pick. All the touchdowns came at one half, but he was fantastic. The Jets lost 30 to 27 against the Patriots. And then he's 15 out of 30, 205 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. They lost 34 to 28 to the Chargers. They were losing by multiple scores for the whole game. I don't know. If you compare, also, if you compare Sam's last eight games, excuse me, I just chugged a beer. If you compare Sam's last eight games to Flacco's four games, it's the same shit. It's just garbage. You drinking right now? What are we doing? I have the stadium beers that you brought to my house. What are we doing right now? Just some beers on a Tuesday night? Yeah, I think I'm going to go uh, hang out at Aaron's house. Watch the Mac game? Our, Aaron is our, uh, what is he, our, like, our accountant? Yeah, for those of you that made it, <laughs> we have a website to sell merchandise, and we are just setting money on fire, not using it. We keep asking these guys to design shirts, and they just don't do it. Wait, one guy bought the shirt. What, what's the guy's name? We have to shout him out. Oh, it was electric. Yeah, because... Aaron goes, did you guys buy another shirt? Because I bought one, Mike bought one. Just a and we're test like, it. I don't think so. Yeah. That yeah, he bought it. Wait, I got to find this guy. You find the guy. I'll talk about. Uh, for, for me, there's a little bad radio here, but we've been talking for almost an hour. We just needed to get off our chest tower feeling. There's going to be some uh, some really good days ahead, hopefully. I don't know what I'm going to do with my Darnold gear yet. I obviously aren't I'm not going to burn it or throw it out or sell it. It's just tough to look at. I, the picture of us and he autographed it. I put it down the other night. I just like tilted it over. I know. I, my Zoom name right now is Sam Darnold. My background on my phone is Sam Darnold. But the guy, his name is Matt Parkinson. Bought the shirt. Yeah. It was hilarious. We didn't even set up the site to to be public, and he bought a shirt. Is it so, Matt Parkinson? Let me see. He's a big Darnold guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Hey, big <laughs> milestones coming, though, for NYJ Matt and NYJ Mike. I'm, you know, closing on 6,000 followers, which I never thought could actually be a thing. And Mike is closing in on 3,000. So Let's together go. we have a, a strong army of people who like to have solid Jets takes, and they, we might disagree a lot, but back it up with facts, have a good conversation. And I'll leave you with this. This is the last thing I'll say. Mike, I'll turn it to you at the end. Game of Thrones quote. I tweeted out today, it didn't get a lot of love, but when it's all said and done and the Jets win, no matter how we got there and how we built it, people aren't really going to remember that. They're going to remember that you're a winner. So that's why you have to be patient. You can disagree with it at the time. And if three years from now it doesn't work out, we set ourselves on fire and said we were right. Try again. <laughs> Try again. Uh, we'll be all, all right. right. We'll get over it. We'll love Wilson and but we will grieve. I'm going to grieve until the draft. I have enough, like 23 My days. My girlfriend keeps asking me. She's like, are you still sad? She asked me three times in the past 24 hours. Are you still sad? I'm just like, absolutely. <laughs> like, what do you want? I think it's going to be a, a while. It might be a year. Like, let me... <laughs> talk, I man. think, well, look, I'm going to be sad about this, but until April 29th, I, I'll be sad. Then only positive thoughts. Yeah, yeah, and I need. To, I know that's going to keep carrying on, but they have the, the Jets' new unis thing, the photo of like everyone getting X'd out. You've seen that one where they're standing there? And the only one left is Herndon. Like it's Darnold. This, oh, that picture's horrifying. There's another picture. It's this one. Like that everyone oh. made their background when it dropped. 
Jamal gone, Darnold gone, Bell gone, Kletcher Assembly gone, Leonard Williams gone, Robbie, Quincy both gone, Jordan Jenkins gone. Well, that looks like Kelvin Beecham, Sia, Avery Williams, and not there anymore. Brian Winters, why are you in the graphic? Tremaine Johnson, why are you in the graphic? You're gone. Only one left. CJ Mosley hasn't played a fucking game since Corona. <laughs> That's what happens when your longest tenured player is like a rookie. Who is our? Who is the new longest tenured guy? Chris Herndon. No, Marcus May. Marcus May, 2017. Jesus. That's the story. Like this was well needed, buddy. I have to now edit this. It might take me however long. I got a phone call in the middle of it. Um, it's always word. a pleasure, Mike. Yeah, that was. Look, it it's good. good. I feel better. Oh, yeah, I'll leave it. Yeah, yesterday was one of my least favorite days in sports history. The Mets blew a nice lead. I was at the game and just traded Sammy D. But we're gonna, we're gonna, we'll, we'll get back. We'll be fine. I'm back to being positive. NYJ Mike. Let's go. All right, we got a new one. It's like the Adam Gates getting a brand new kicker. We got a new one. Let's go, baby. <laughs> All right, talk to you soon, buddy.